my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited today. We're doing something we've never done before. We uh, we have on our um, our alumni who are working for Launch Inc. Um, and so, hi everyone. How's everyone doing? Hello. <laughs> Lots of voices on here. So believe it or not, this is our our first one where I have eight guests here with me today um, from from Launch Inc., which is one of our just amazing partners that we have with our department. We have just this really amazing, rich history. Um, the CEO of Launch Inc., Sybil Coe, has been so instrumental in hiring our graduates. And um, it's just been fabulous. We're going to tell you about their launch stories. Um, and we're going to tell you a, a little bit about what Launch does and what they're doing and, and the excitement of all that. I have to say in advance that we have so many graduates working for Launch that I could not I, I was like, how do I choose which one to interview, right? I don't want to make one of them jealous of the other one. I don't want to create some internal departmental politics. So I said, why don't we just bring everybody on? So that's what we've done. I'm going to introduce you to them really quickly, and then we're going to get into to some of their stories. And I've also told them that they they each are going to have to reach out to me if they want an individual podcast. I'll make that happen. I want to make that happen so we can hear more from each of you individually. So today we, we have with us... Um, Avery Runella, who is a, a, two, a 2013 graduate of our program and is a manager of event technology services for Launch. Hi, Avery. Hi. Great to see you. Great to see uh, you too. Absolutely. We have Camille Manise, who is a 2020 graduate of our program and event coordinator for Launch. Hi, Camille. Hi, how are you doing? So good to see you. Um, we have Fiona Cullen, who is a 2017 graduate of our program and is a uh, manager of event services for Launch. Hi, Fiona. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Um, we have Casey Tobian, who is a 2020 graduate of our program and uh, currently senior event coordinator for Launch. Hi, Casey. Hi, it's great to be here. Great to see you. Um, we have Lauren Coleman, who is a 2012 graduate of our program and is currently Senior Event Manager for Launch. How are you, Lauren? I'm great. Bye. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for being here. We have Sage Speak, who is a 2018 graduate of our program and an Event Manager for Launch. Hi, Sage. Hey there. So good to see you. We have Robin uh, Layborn, who is a 2019 graduate of our program and uh, currently serves as Human Resources Operations Manager for Launch. Hi, Robin. Hello. She's going to kick things off and tell us all about Launch here in a second. And then uh, last and certainly not least, um, we have... Uh, Izzy O'Connor, who is a 2022 graduate of our program and serving as an event assistant at Launch. Hi, Hi. Izzy. Hello. So good to see you. So, Robin, kick us off. We've got the introductions out of the way. Kick us off and tell us um, what Launch Inc. does. Absolutely. 
Um, so Launch Inc. is a corporate event planning agency. It's based in the San Francisco area. Our office is located in the Presidio. Um, but our CEO and founder, Sybil Co, founded the company in 1999. So we've been around for over 20 years now. Um, and like I said before, we're a corporate event planning agency. So I remember when I was a student, I didn't really understand what an agency was um, until I really started working here. And I, I got a better understanding of there's some some companies where you work in-house and you're just always serving that one company, like right. an event manager for Target. Right. But then for an agency, we actually serve multiple companies. So they bring us in when they need um, extra um event planning kind of wizards to come in there and um, really bring some extra support to bring their complicated event to life. Um, and so we will serve, I'd say about 12 clients per year doing maybe 20 to 30 events um, for them. So mm -hmm. we'll do maybe one event for one client a year and then another client, we might do three or four of their events per year. Um, and the types of events that we plan are uh, often incentive trips, internal meetings, and user conferences. Nice. So the incentive trips can be in um, mostly international destinations, and they might have between about 75 to even up to 500 attendees. Um, and then the internal meetings, those will often be in the United States in some larger city. Okay. Um, and that could be around... Um, Anywhere from about 300 to 2,100 attendees. I think we even did a, a recent internal meeting that was like, can you remember, Lauren, the count on that? It was like towards 4,000. It was 4,000, yes. So some of those wow. get pretty big. And then our biggest events are our user conferences. Um, and those can be between about 1,500 all the way up to 5,000 attendees. And those are also um, in the United States. Often they're in the Bay Area, sometimes in Vegas. Um, so also something just kind of interesting to note about launch is we rely heavily on like ho hotel partners. So most of our events happen at hotels mm -hmm. um, because they just have the largest meeting space, food and beverage on site production um, that all is available to us. We don't do as many things in, in like a venue. Right. Um, and so we have about 25 to 30 employees as well at launch. Right. So um, we're a pretty small team and we're lucky enough to get a lot of people from Cal Poly, um, but we have a lot of other wonderful, great employees as well. Of course. Awesome. Well, well, Avery, uh, we're going to kick things off and thank you so much, Robin. That is awesome um, for, for giving us, uh, giving us the lowdown on, on what launch does. Um, Avery, we're, I, I've asked, I've asked each of the guests to kind of tell their launch story, right? So, um, you know, with the experience, our industry podcast, we, we tell each individual story uh, start to finish, but we're going to go with the, the launch story here and focus on that. And Avery, um, as as I let's see, have you been there the longest? Are you? I think I have out of this group. I think uh -huh. Fiona and Sage were like shortly right behind me. Okay. But I've been here. Oh my gosh, almost six years, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like about six years to me. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, make so me feel old. <laughs> no, you're not old at all. But why don't you tell us? Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about? Um, 
in addition to your story, a little bit like about the pipeline, if you will, like how did this pipeline um, from uh, from Cal Poly to, to Launch Inc. Um, was was it was it was there a George P. Johnson connection? I know you I know you came from George P. Johnson. Yes, there oh, certainly was. <laughs> I thought there might be. OK, so tell us your story, Avery. Yeah, I did not start at launch straight out of the gate. Um, I do wish that they were an option when I did graduate, though because great company. Um, When I graduated in 2013, I did my senior internship at GPJ, George P. Johnson. So I went straight from Cal Poly there. And it was really great. I spent about mm, four four or five years there. Mm -hmm. Um, So worked there for a long time. And then uh, another Cal Poly grad, RBTA, Lauren Mendoza, now Pierce. Um, who's also great. Uh, she should be on the podcast too. <laughs> right. uh, she went from George P. Johnson with me to launch. And so around four years later on my end of George P. Johnson, um, she reached out to me and asked if I was interested and I was. And so thanks to her, I ended up here, which was awesome. Sadly, right. she went to Salesforce at the same time that I came here, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I'll have to I have to reach out to Lauren. That sounds awesome. Um, so so the the pipeline, I guess. Um, st- w- did it start with with Lauren, or w- were there people before Lauren? Do you know? Um, Ryan Hot also at the around the same time as me was kind of asked like posed as uh, an option from Lauren. And I do think Lauren might have oh and Chloe Cray. Okay. I think Chloe and Lauren were around the same time. Okay. All right. So, and I am honestly not very sure how they found launch. Right, right, right. Well they started they started the connection. They, that is uh that's really awesome. Yeah. So, I'm very they, thankful to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aren't we all? Love it. It's so great. So Camille, what about you? What about your story? So you um you know, you graduated amidst a global pandemic. So, um, you and you and 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 Casey share that um, share that distinction there. Um, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about um, how you got started, what that was like. I know that must have been scary. Um, you know, being in the middle of a global pandemic and graduating from from college and and all of that. Uh, so, how did you find launch? Yeah, so I graduated in 2020, um, was supposed to do my internship with Visit SlowCal in the spring of 2020, but, and I had been working there um, prior to that part-time um, and was going to transition to full-time internship, but um, due to the pandemic, I was no longer going to be doing that, so I ended up doing a virtual internship, um, which was an experience for sure, um, yeah. very different, and um, just learning a lot in that process, but didn't get too much info on um, and experience on hands-on events and in person. So I ended up um, not working for a little bit and doing some part-time work. And then in June, I believe it was June of 2021, Robin reached out to me over LinkedIn. Um, we got some interviews set up. And at the time I was living in Orange County with my parents. And then um, once I got the job, I decided to move up to San Francisco and kind of launch my career from there. So um, I'm always thankful to Robin for reaching out to me. Um, and here I am. I love it. I love you. I love you. Uh, um, 
working and launching your career there at launch. That was great. That's uh, really fabulous. And uh, Robin, I, and you know, our guests can't, our guests can't see that you're in the center there, but I love that you're in the center there as human resources, you know, everyone's going to, going to point to you. So uh, I, I love that. Casey, what was your, uh, what was your experience like? And also, graduating uh, uh, um in 2020 and and I I um I told Casey earlier I cannot believe I, that she was a 2020 graduate um it just it, it that, that doesn't seem right but it's like this scar tissue that we had built up from the pandemic you know it's like it seems like time time is this weird concept now right that that none of us really can grasp because of of that weird time period um but that had to be scary Casey what was your story like Absolutely. It definitely was. I ended up doing my internship a little early. So I interned with Launch during winter quarter of my senior year. So it was from January to March, kind of as the pandemic was happening and ramping up. So it was definitely towards the end of my internship, a reality of this industry is is very much changing. Um, But Prior to finding my internship, I actually found it on the jobs blog uh, for EIM. So Robin mm-hmm. had posted on there and reached out to Robin and um, got some conversations going. So that kind of launched me into my relationship with Launch and with Sybil and and Robin and the rest of the team. Um, so after kind of March hit, there was this huge unknown of what was next. Um, and I was lucky enough to just to stay in touch with Sybil and and Robin throughout the process of the pandemic and come January, March or January, February time um, of the next year, I was able to be hired full time into my position as an event um, coordinator and then move slowly moved up. So everything just staying, keeping those connections and that uncertainty um, that it all it all worked out. It all worked out. That's awesome. That's so great to hear. Um, all right, Lauren. Um, what about you? I know you've had a you've had a little bit of a different path, right? In um, being a a 2012 graduate and um and having um gone out and done some pretty amazing things um before launch. So uh, so I, I you know without getting too far deep into all of that um I, I, and I would love to have you back on, of course, like I said to all of you, um to talk about your careers and 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 the arc and all of that. Um, but how did you find launch? I found launch uh, just through my network. Um, basically, it's from the time that I graduated, from Cal Poly, I was kind of like, oh, I don't have a, a network to some extent. Who do I know within the industry? And quickly found uh, that I did, in fact, mostly through um, just my the fellow alumni. Uh, like, here we are on this call. Um, and so just kind of communicating through different channels on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, the pandemic kind of made our industry take a step back. Um, I came from uh, the DMC side of things prior to joining Launch, mm-hmm. um, and one of the partners that Launch works with um, is a close friend of uh, my family, <laughs> uh, and he basically connected uh, me and Sybil, awesome. and here we are now. And here you are now. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and those 
those connections um, obviously run, run really deep and it's so important to, to keep those connections. And, you know, um, LinkedIn actually, yeah, LinkedIn is such a fabulous resource to help with that. And um, I've been, um, you know, with, with the podcast, I, I've, I've obviously been on LinkedIn a lot more because I posted on LinkedIn and and um it's it's just been a a great resource. But the first 10 years of my career, I felt like once uh someone graduated that I might not ever see them again. And that was a little bit, you know, you, you develop these re- relationships with you all and and you come to to care pretty deeply about the 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 students that you work with and and I know that so many of of our faculty are that way, right? And um, and so for me, this became a way of uh, of, of uh, kind of saying, you know what, I don't have to not ever see them again. I can follow them and I can cheer for them and I can, um, you know, and I can connect uh, with them through this podcast. And so that's been that's been really awesome. Um, so, Sage, um, how about you ready to tell your story? Yes. So um, I guess my launch story started back in 2017 um, when there was a few, um, our former um, HR um, and and manager, she um, came to Cal Poly along with some, um, I think it was like JC, maybe it was Avery, you were there, I think. It was me. (laughs) Yeah. And so they came and had a presentation. And so I was networking with them and I was, you know, kind of looking for an internship. I was a junior at that point. Um, so then, um, you know, long story short, I got an internship um, my junior year with Launch. And so it was just a great experience. I loved how, you know, much I, you know, responsibility I had and how much I learned. Um, and then from there, um, I decided to do my senior internship with Launch again. Um, and then I was hired full time. So that was kind of my story there. So a little unique in that I did two internships with Launch, but. Um, ultimately it's been amazing. So I'm happy to be here. Very cool. Very cool. And shout out to the internship program. You know, that's, um, that's absolutely, uh, been a, been a great way to keep the pipeline going, obviously. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's great to hear Sage. And I know you were, you were a student athlete, right? At at Cal Poly while you were here as well, right? Yeah, correct. I was a swimmer. Swimmer, right? That's what Mm -hmm. I thought. That's what I thought I remembered. Right on. Of course, I, I don't know why I'm pretending like I thought I remembered that. I knew that. I don't know why I just said that. Oh, I mm-hmm. thought I remembered that. No, I definitely remember that. But anyway. It's <laughs> so long ago now. Uh-huh, right. No, yeah, right. Well, it is for this old brain, uh, but not for you. Uh, all right, Robin, your turn. So tell us your story. Um, and, uh, you know, people have, uh, a couple of people have mentioned the jobs blog. So Robin was a social media coordinator. And um, as part of that, um, maintained the jobs blog for uh, our department when she was here. And now um, I think it's just so awesome that you're doing human resources and operations management um, for launch. Tell us about your launch story. Did you did you see the uh, your your own blog post that you were posting and uh, (laughs) respond to it? (laughs) Yes. Um, So, yeah, similarly, I I saw the presentation of Avery um, and my previous boss and um, another one of our employees. Yeah, I just heard about launch since like my second year of college and always had a lot of respect for them. Um, I honestly didn't think it was the right fit for me because it was in San Francisco and San Francisco was big and scary to me. But um, once I kept hearing more about it and uh, Sage had such a good 
experience there. And I had a lot of respect for Sage um, being a year younger than her. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, just they, there was another um, networking thing for Rofi. I wasn't even in Rofi and I got to go and meet the woman who ended up hiring me at launch. Uh-huh. Um, but then after that did get the job posting to post on the blog for the right. HR operations assistant. And I was like, that seems up my alley. Um, because around my senior year, I was kind of feeling like, I think I want to do operations in HR, um, instead of event planning. So I was like, oh, that seems like the best of both worlds. Um, and so then I slowly started talking more and more to launch and then, yeah, came up here and visited the office and just thought, okay, this, this seems like a really good company to start working with. Um, and so then I luckily got hired here and, and worked throughout the pandemic and everything. So that's how I ended up here. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, about a year ago this time, um, right to, to, to my right in the advisory council meeting, um, was, uh, Izzy O'Connor, um, and she's next on the list. Um, Izzy was uh, was a, a great leader for us here at Cal Poly while she was here, as all of my guests were. Um, Izzy just uh, I she was sitting next to me at the advisory council meeting last year at this time. So it's really cool to see you now at launch. Um, how's it going, Izzy? Going good. Yeah, uh, good to see you. Good to see you as well. So tell us your story with launch. Yeah, a little bit about my story. I think something that plays a big part that is advice I give to all my uh, younger peers who are in the EIM department is really take advantage of the EIM network that we have. That was definitely how I ended up here. I think I had heard about Launch when they came to speak my freshman year. And then I think my sophomore year, I touched um got in contact with Fiona and learned more about it and then was like oh this is so interesting I'll keep this in mind and then throughout COVID when we were encouraged to kind of network with um people in the industry to see what was going on at different companies and stuff I talked with a lot of different um people at launch and then talked to Robin interviewed for a little bit for internships, ended up not doing the internship and having some other stuff come up. And then Robin and I stayed in touch and actually spoke again at the EIM career fair and sort of made things happen. So that's how I ended up here. And it's great. I love San Francisco. So I'm very excited that I've had the opportunity to join this team. I love it. That's awesome. So great. Well, well, let's um let's shift gears a little bit now. You've told your launch story. Let's um let's talk a little bit about um what you're doing out in the space, right? And before we get there, I think we would be I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least talk through a little bit about the pandemic and and that impact that it's had that it had and where you're seeing the industry now, right? So Avery, you were there. You you weathered the storm. Um, what was that like? That had to be a scary period, um, being involved in events and having a global pandemic uh, effectively shutting down every event. So what was that like? And how, and being that's the senior most member of the staff, how did you, how did you, how were you all able to weather it? Yeah, it was definitely pretty scary. I mean, I will say um, my role definitely changed, um, you know, not being in person, like, you know, there's no one to register for an in-person event, et cetera. So mm-hmm. during that time, 
uh, we're, I'm so thankful that Sybil was able to keep us all around. So that was very like great for all of us. Um, but my title changed from, uh, manager of registration services to manager of event technology services. So, um, you know, focusing on the virtual events during that time. Um, so yeah, I mean, in my role specific, all of us were focusing on virtual events, obviously, but things definitely changed a lot. I think not, I mean, obviously COVID is still a thing. Um, as we move forward, I will say, I think that we are seeing a drastic decline in virtual events. So, uh-huh. okay. Role as registration services is back. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, I, I was, I was, um, I was remiss. I, I, we have so many, uh, you know, I'm not used to eight guests, Fiona. So, um, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know how I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to skip you there. Um, so we also have Fiona Cullen with us, as I said earlier, and I, I missed um, letting her tell her launch story. Um, so Fiona, take it away. Sorry about that. No, all good. I have sort of a similar story to Sage and Robin. Um, I was working in the EAM department um, in the office there and working closely with Kathy Daniels. And she mentioned, I think it was Rope, I was sponsoring a talk with launch one day, like around the lunch hour. And she was like, just take off early, just go check it out. It's kind of like, oh, I don't know. I've never heard of these launch people. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but I I went and I am so glad I did. I think Charlene, our previous um, head of HR operations was there along with Marquesa, one of our former um, event managers. And then I believe it was Chloe Cray. Um, I, we spoke about her briefly earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about launch and all of these cool events that um, launch did and, and these great locations around the world. And I thought, that sounds pretty good. So yeah. I um, reached out to Charlene and went through the interview process and, and um, got an internship for uh, spring of 2017 and ended my internship and got hired on um, to come back in the fall and have been here ever since. Right on. What was your, so, so since, since I've got you, what was your, um, and thanks Avery for sharing that. What was your story in, in terms of during the pandemic and, and the, the, the pivot that we that you know that everyone in the industry had to make. Um, what 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 role did you play during that? Yeah, I I mean similar to what Avery said is we all kind of switched very quickly to to virtual and yeah. um, kind of dove into that side of things and the online platforms. And um, one thing that I got to see a little bit of that I wasn't expecting was the virtual recording of sessions. So all of a sudden, I'm shipping. Mm-hmm. You know, recording equipment out to our speakers all over the world so that they are properly mic'd and lit with ring lights and all of that. So that was a really mm-hmm. cool aspect that I personally got to see for the first time as we do do production, but that's a kind of a different department of launch, so to speak. So it was great to see how that works in the editing process of you know cutting out the multiple takes that someone might be doing with their um, their content and their session and whatnot. So that was really cool to see and getting to know these um, online platforms and all of the different nuances and the different capabilities of different platforms and how they integrate with registration systems. So right. uh, that was really interesting to see. And um, I think we do have clients who are still doing a virtual component of their events, but huh. um, we are seeing a lot of the live events come back, which I love because I prefer them personally, but I don't think we'll be seeing virtual events completely anytime. Right, right, right. 
Well, well, Sage, do do you think that period, do you think that period of time um, enhanced your skills and and made you, made you a better, you know, made you a better event manager for the future so that you're able to integrate more, um, more technology or more of a, a, a better experience overall? Do you think it enhanced your skills during that time? Yeah, I mean, to kind of echo um, Fiona's um, statement there, we did learn a lot more about the production side of things, Mm -hmm. which, um, you know, is really like a learn by doing um, experience, given that, you know, we didn't necessarily have any background on that. Um, So, you know, that was a great learning lesson. And then just, I mean, from, I guess, like a team perspective, it was just amazing to see our team come together and, and learn so much, just not to be repetitive, but just learn by doing right because we had never done a virtual event before and here we are like bringing on new clients to do their virtual events and just the 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 hard work we all put in was that always still impresses me although i am way um, a lot happier to be in person again yeah a lot of our events yeah yeah you know um it's really really wild because um you know last year we 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 had this like weird in between year here in higher education, right? Where I was like doing Zoom and doing in the classroom, and then because I was doing Zoom, only like thirty percent of the students showed up because they're like, whatever, I'll just do Zoom, you know. And now this year, we we all said, okay, we're not doing that anymore. We're going back. We're we're fully going back, right? And yeah. and some of us like wondered whether there ever really would be a fully going back, right? Um, and I I think I think what I'm what I'm feeling and what I'm hearing is that people were longing for that return to normality. And now that we have, um, they're embracing it pretty well. Do you, Casey, as someone who who went through it and um, and graduated, you know, really close to the to the pandemic, do do you feel that? Do you think your generation um, is uh, wants to to fully go back to be in person um, for events? Are you are you feeling that on the ground? Absolutely, I think, especially on the planner side, they are so much more rewarding. I think to see everyone in person and have people in the same area. And I think some of our clients are just getting back to that point of this is the first time that they've met in two, three plus years. Um, And to see their energy is, is something that's totally different. And I think our, our generation is also feeding into that. So we grew up with that. We grew up with being in person and having all that in those two years, it was, it was different. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it had enough of an impact on us that we liked it as much as some people say. Like, yes, you right. have the comfort of your home, but ultimately we are social human beings. So having that in person is 10 times better. Right. Of course. So what about, you know, you, you mentioned, Robin, you mentioned uh, meetings uh, are um are, are a part of in, internal meetings. I think it's what you said is one of the things that that you you all facilitate. Um, it feels like maybe meetings is one that has uh, <laughs> that has maybe retained a little bit more of the virtual uh, space that we that we came to be accustomed to in the pandemic. So, how are you all addressing meetings? Um, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, like when we say. 
uh, you know, if you're, you're looking at, at, at tra- you know, you're looking at incentive travel or you're looking at at conferences, obviously, I, I think most people will say, yeah, we want to go back to fully in person there. But when you when you go to meetings, you know, everyone just kind of got used to, you know, buttoning up the first two buttons of their shirts and um, sitting around in their uh, in their sweats, their avo- their their vouloris. Uh, <laughs> and uh, um, was that was that good, Avery? Did I get the finish? Did I get the finish pronunciation correctly? Oh, yeah. Say all the vowels. <laughs> nice. All the vowels. Love it. Um, what do you think about the meeting space, Robin? Um, honestly, I would rather pass this over to Lauren, if you don't mind. Um, she, she just, yeah, she just planned a huge like sales kickoff. So I think in particular, sometimes the sales kickoffs really draw people because they do want to get that content, but I'll let Lauren take it from here. Definitely take it, Lauren. Yeah. So we, um, I think there's to Casey's point too, because they haven't been together, um, in person and they are still working either in a hybrid space or just fully remote mm-hmm. that these live events are extremely well attended. Mm-hmm. Um, and the desire to travel, I think that, um, hopefully COVID is kind of behind us at this point. Um, but I think on that program, we had, it was like almost 90% acceptance and attendance in person, um, which was more than they were anticipating, which was fantastic. Um, But even whether it's internal or just like a user conference external uh, phasing, um, we've definitely seen that demand go up. There is still some hybrid space within the more user conference um, style, the external, Mm -hmm. um, just to have some form of either live streaming um, for somebody who can't attend, they can't travel for the whole time or what have you. But Right. Yeah. I did want to ask you about that. Yeah. I did want to ask you about that. Is that complicated? Does that, does that complicate matters to try to do it hybrid, to try to, to bring in those who, who can attend? I would imagine that. Um, I just know from experience in having to do it, just managing the classroom, it, um, I, I eventually, I guess I got used to it. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I'm not going to lie. I, I never got used to it. <laughs> so, but I imagine uh, uh, you you event wizards, as Robin said earlier. I think um, I, I imagine you all are able to pull it off pretty well. Uh, what do you What do you think about the hybrid? I mean, I think the hybrid is kind of what is going to be the future for sure. Um, but it is basically operating two events at one time. Right. Um, you have to kind of separate them out mm-hmm. um, because they can be so complex. Uh, I know Fiona's currently working on one that is full hybrid at the moment that's going to be in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a number of our other team members. It's such a big project. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's complicated, but not impossible. Right. Nothing right. Of course. So Camille, from a, from a, a, a recent graduate standpoint, like what advice would you give to, um, to students who are, are interested in, in corporate events? So I think my first piece of advice would be to stay involved, um, at Cal Poly. I think, um, I don't know if, I guess people wouldn't know this, but I switched into the major um, during my second year. And so um, that was 
something I was really excited about and really looking forward to. But I think I was a bit timid and didn't um, network and get to know as many people and didn't involve myself as much as I wished I did in the beginning and kind of waited till my third year to mm-hmm. do that. Um, so I think forming those connections and seeing um, what types of events you're really interested in is um, really beneficial to do if you can get that experience in college. Um, but as far as corporate events, I think um, connecting yourself with um, people in the industry or alumni at Cal Poly um, can really help form um, whether that would be an interest for you and um, seeing what they do in the day-to-day to see if that would be something that they could see themselves doing in the future. And um, just, I would say my biggest feedback is um, staying connected. So Love it. Love it. So Izzy, I think you you are you are are, are really positioned to to help um, answer this question. So we're hearing from a lot of our industry and community partners that applications are down, their number of volunteers are down, um, they're they're struggling um, to to recruit people to to help them in in one way or another. And so we're um, we're working on trying to tackle that issue um, here at Cal Poly. We're obviously we're social science researchers. So we should uh, we, we should come up with a plan right to develop. A, we're, we're working on a plan right now to develop a study to, to try and help us answer that. But I wonder, um, as a recent graduate, if you have some perspective on that, you know, you you weathered the storm, right, for for the final two years of your of your college career, and um, and now you're you're out, and obviously you got your first job and and uh, and whatnot. But um, I wonder if you have any perspective on why industry and community partners might be um, might be experiencing that. Um, I'm not super sure. I know that I was really eager to get back to in-person work and doing events in person because I really loved that aspect of seeing things come together and seeing people enjoy their events, which is just a little harder to grasp when you're watching a hybrid event happen or not even necessarily have watching a virtual event happen. But I know that there are a lot of people who have gotten used to be able to being really productive at home as well. So maybe some um, industry leaders are feeling this because some people are preferring to be able to stay at home and work from home. So I think that's just a challenge that will take time. Um, And I think there's a balance that comes with both being able to work from home, but then also being able to be productive with your teammates. Sometimes there's questions that really need to be answered in person. And you see so much more when you're working with your teammates in person and get to kind of experience things and learn things that you wouldn't have even thought to ask questions about when you're surrounded by your teammates. But I think that would be a main reason why people are struggling or just during COVID, a lot of people having some changes to what they want to do. Right. Right. Robin, from an, um, from an HR perspective, you're, you're pretty uniquely positioned to answer that one too. Why do you think it is that, that industry and community partners are, are reporting that, that applications are down? Um, yeah. Do you have any perspective on that? Have you, have you been dealing with that yourself? Um, I think two things that kind of come to mind um, would be the first being, um, I know I personally felt like I kind of had to rebuild my life after COVID. Um, My social calendar was totally cleared out. 
Um, work travel was totally cleared out. Organizations that I was involved in cleared. Um, and so I kind of was able to build back up. Um, and although I feel like in some ways I did, um, it is really scary to start new things. And so I think some of that momentum that maybe was just felt over the years at some of those organizations, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of stopped and it can be hard to start that momentum again. Um, and I think another thing could be that if you're surrounded by less people, you might hear less of that chatter about mm-hmm. what they're doing or about what they're involved in. Um, mm-hmm. I always remember when I was in high school, I heard people talking about the SATs and I just figured that I would like automatically get signed up for it or something. I didn't know that you had to like go to a separate window and do it on my own. And I was uh-huh. like, wow, if I wasn't surrounded by other people doing it, yeah. I might've missed it. Um, and so I feel like that could be, that's something that I've always kind of continued to think about. If people are continuing to work remotely, um, they might not be surrounded by people who are sharing about their lives and they might not be as inspired to start mm-hmm. something new in their life. Wow. Wow. That is, that is incredibly astute, uh, Robin. Thank you so much. I've, um, I've asked a lot of people that question and that that's one, um, that's one that I have not heard. That's an answer I have not heard. And I think it's like, I think it's, that might be the key that might hold the key. So maybe what we'll, we'll, we'll see when people are back in the classroom, you're like, we we've experienced it, right? Like I, I remember like back uh, during a- Avery and Lauren's time, right? And and some of the rest of you actually too, like the se- uh, 2017, 2018. I remember Dr. Hendricks used to say that um, uh, when when we when we speak or, or when we put out a call, it, we we never we never have to worry about our students stepping up right and answering mm-hmm. that call right and now we've experienced this, this situation where we'll put out a call for like a conference or 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 anything right a project or whatever and it's like crickets right we don't hear from anyone and we're like oh wow no one's responding right and then we're hearing the chatter from community and industry partners too and um and so i i think um i think robin that was a really amazing answer any other thoughts anybody else have any thoughts on that um you know and I, I know i i think we probably don't um recognize enough the the scar tissue uh around our industry from the pandemic you know the last two classes of um of intro students that i've had to teach I know that they come into it with a great deal of anxiety um, about the industry because of what they saw. And I think their parents, too, are like, I don't know. I mean, you know, what if we have another global pandemic? That whole industry shut down. But what they don't see is the behind the scenes of like the amazing efforts that we made to pivot to virtual, to pivot to hybrid, right, to keep people employed and and that sort of thing. And, and I think now you're seeing that bounce back in tourism, that bounce back in events. Um, so any other, anybody else have any thoughts on, um, on that phenomenon? Fiona? Um, yes, sir. We're going to be meeting up here. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think an interesting um thing that we've seen in this bounce back is people are rethinking events too because we're moving to hybrid we never did that before and now we have a couple of clients who are doing road shows instead of a bigger 
large user conference or doing smaller user conferences in multiple locations. And so it's this opportunity to rethink the events that we put on for so many years before um, the pandemic, which has been really cool to see and to be a part of to help design those experiences, which has been very cool. I love it. Yeah, love it. Um, so when we think about the future, right? So the future of the experience industry, the future of events, the future of um, incentive travel. I know you, you all are, are are big in in that as well. What do you What do you see for the future? What's What's your excitement for the future, Avery? Um, definitely see, like everyone said, um everybody going back to in-person. There are a lot of incentive trips on our roster. People want to get together. They want to see each other after all this time. Um, Personally, I'm excited to go to all these places. Like we're finally, last year, like you said, was kind of like an interim year. Like our incentive trips were like hot and up and coming, but we were going to Hawaii every single time, which Hawaii is awesome. Yeah. But I'm excited to go to some more new places. We have some international stuff on the roster upcoming, which is awesome. So we're excited for that. Very cool. Very cool. What about you? What do you think? Um, what do you think, uh, Casey? What's your what's your excitement for the future? Yeah. Um, I think to echo Avery, just those incentive travels and just getting people back in person and seeing their excitement um with the incentive trips. It there's something about getting a reward and, and experiencing that with your coworkers or with other people um, that they get excited about, not just having an experience in your home that's shipped to you or that cash money or whatever that they were doing in, in, in interim of these trips. Um, so having them go out and having all of us back and traveling and seeing new places, seeing different ways that we can shape the industry and and change events. Um, Ultimately, like Fiona said, we are the next generation to be changing of how events come out of the pandemic and what they look like and have the creative freedom to redesign them. So very exciting. Awesome. So who's involved most with incentive trips? Like uh, who, who does the most planning for those here on the call? Is that one of you all? Fiona? I feel like it's also kind of divided up. You know, we we yeah. do incentives, but we also will do you know sales kickoffs, and yeah. you know, it's basically a little bit more account driven, right? We might do yeah. the same clients like club and their sales kickoff. Got you, got you. So mm-hmm. I, I guess what I what I want is somebody to give us. Um, so for those, you know, if you, if you're a college junior and you hear incentive trip, you you probably don't even know what that means, right? So somebody give me a uh, but but it sounds so exciting. It's like wow, incentive trip international. That sounds awesome. But what does that entail as an event planner, um, Fiona? If you're if you're you're planning it, what goes into what goes into that? And do you get to go along with them um, to these international destinations? I man, I imagine you don't just like, you're not just a travel agent. You're not just like booking the travel for them. You're actually planning the events on site, right? Yeah, we are. So I can use sort of, I just did an incentive. Um, Casey was on the team too a few weeks ago in, in Lisbon, Portugal. So, um, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I've heard we, Lisbon's amazing. It's a great city. Um, and it was really fun for this group. We had we took um, about 415 people, and they're the top sales, um, top sales 
people. leaders, account leaders, okay. whoever, for this um, long-standing client we've had here. Right. Um, and so we had actually 250 of them, and they each get to bring a guest. So, um, and what we do is we design that experience from top to bottom. We uh, they register, we collect their information, we pass it over to our air partner who helps them book air. Um, and then we book a hotel for them. Our typically, our incentives, they're five days and four nights in this whatever destination it is. Right. Um, so we book the hotel and then we plan different activities and evening events for them. They'll go off property um, and have an awards night or an evening function. They will stay on property for a welcome reception. We do um, a day, sometimes two, of activities. So we send them out into the city and they're doing boat tours and walking tours and uh, they're taking a trolley up the hills of Lisbon and all of this awesome stuff. And we do, you know, gifts for them every night in their rooms. And um, and every experience that happens there in Lisbon, it's, we design and we execute for them. And we do go on site. We do all the pre-planning. Um, members of our lunch team will, will go on site to execute. And then we bring in additional staff as well to help. Right. Um, and yeah, we're, we're there for whatever they need and to put on uh, the events. That sounds awesome. That sounds amazing. Well, thank you. And thank you, Fiona, for that. So I, I just want to wrap up by by thanking you all um, so much. Um, I, I've told uh, told Robin when I reached out, I, I feel I, I, I definitely had a, a bit of guilt um, because Launch has been such an amazing partner for us. Um, you know, I was like five, I think five of you all were there and had a, uh, got a table at the auction and dinner last year. And, um, and Sybil has just been such an amazing supporter. And so I wanted to do this as a, as a thank you. Um, and, um, and be the ver very first one where we have, where we have eight alumni on the call. And so, uh, you're, you're the first, the first ever. And so it's really exciting. And, um, this has just been amazing getting to talk to you and um and for me getting to see all your smiling faces and uh and to be able to reconnect with you and um I know our audience is gonna love hearing from you and um just can't thank you enough. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.